0: Hello and welcome to the Martech Alliance Marketing and Technology Book Club. I'm your host, Carlos Dauti, and also the founder of the Martech Alliance. Today, I am chatting with Roland Smart about his fantastic book, The Agile Marketer, turning customer experience into your competitive advantage. Do you mind giving us a little bit of background for any of our listeners that possibly are not familiar with yourself?
1: Sure. So I spent a good part of my early career in the startup world. One of those startups was acquired by Oracle. I spent the last six years in the corporate marketing group at Oracle, helping drive a set of modernization initiatives. And I'm actually just about to get back to the startup world. I'm joining a company called Pantheon. I'm really excited about the company because their technology empowers enables marketers to operate in a more agile fashion so we can get into that in the conversation
0: fantastic yeah really interesting okay so let's jump straight into your book for possibly anybody that hasn't yet picked up a copy um it'd be great if you wouldn't mind trying to give us kind of a, a really crunchy succinct overview
1: yeah it's pretty straightforward so the book is in it really an introduction to what agile marketing is where it came from why it's a competitive advantage and then towards the end of the book, I dig into more how it, it can be applied to something like customer experience and how customer experience is really going to be the battleground on which we're competing um, more and more in the future and how uh, Agile is really a facilitator or of a culture that is designed to be able to compete on the basis of experience. So that's the book in a nutshell.
0: Great stuff. And um, I've got to ask, I always like to know, and rarely do people get a chance to rewrite the same book, but if you were redoing it right here today, is there a new chapter that you'd look to include?
1: Agile is really evolving pretty quickly in the way that it's being applied in the marketing world. And built into Agile is this concept of adaptation. And to make Agile work in the context of the marketing function, we really need to adapt it to the function but that is also a moving target, so since I published the book, I have learned a lot about what is working and what is not working so i i I don't know that I would um, add a new chapter so much as I would probably write a second edition or a a updated version of what is already there based on. What I've learned from the many marketers that I've talked to on the podcast that I host, which is called the Marketing Agility Podcast, and that I've just talked with through my work as a consultant, I do some consulting on the side. I've um, worked with a few Oracle customers and a few other customers just to mostly help their executive teams understand um, agile and understand what's involved in starting the process of agile transformation
0: and th- th- I think that's a really interesting point there um, so when you talk about working with the executive teams um, you've obviously talked a lot about one of the one of the critical things on a checklist for really getting agile adoption is is I suppose that change management yep. piece. What, what would you sort of recommend for, you know, somebody possibly in a gen enterprise with a more traditional management framework? Obviously, in a, in a startup, it's, it's fair to mm-hmm. say that adoption is, is easier to implement, broadly speaking. But what would you specifically around kind of driving, driving that adoption from executive level down?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I would say is based on my research, it's, it's pretty clear that executive buy-in is – the single biggest predictor of whether or not there will be an organizational transformation that succeeds. You absolutely have to have executive buy in. So that's the first thing. And buy in means, you know, not just that the executive is going to invest in it, but <clears throat> the executive needs to be prepared to actually embrace the process and participate in the process. I think the most clear representation of that is that the executives need to embrace some what i think of as a mindset changes associated with adopting agile i can give you there, there are many mindset changes that i think are required i'll give you just an example of one change that i think is challenging for executives to get so there you know agile is really what i would describe as an empowerment model for small cross functional teams and it really flips the traditional command and control structure, which is, you know, centralized decision-making process based on extensive analysis, develop a waterfall plan, push it down into the organization. That's the traditional model. And we are moving towards a model where the decisions that we're making are not based on historical data that we're doing analysis on. They're much more based on Real time data, what's happening on the ground, what is that team engaging with right now? It's a distributed decision making process where the small cross functional teams are empowered to make decisions based on what's happening on the ground right now. And that model is much more flexible. There's a lot of advantages to that model that ultimately lead a lot of strategy and insight actually to be driven up from the bottom into the company. That's not to say that there's not an important role to play for, for top down you know, input and strategy. It's just that the balance is going to change and the, and it really kind of flips the this traditional top down model where a significant amount of insight is really coming up from the bottom. So I sometimes tell a quick analogy about this where the traditional model is kind of like the stoplight, uh, you know, a traditional mm-hmm. intersection stoplight where, you know, the the stoplight is driven by this program which is based on historical traffic patterns, right? We know exactly how it's gonna work, it's highly predictable. The problem is, is that when you have unanticipated traffic flows, those stoplights really just fall down. This is why traffic jams are caused, because they can't in real time respond to changes in traffic, whereas, The roundabout is much more like agile model where the drivers who are in their cars, they're the ones making the decision based on what's happening in the roundabout right now. And, you know, roundabouts are much more flexible. They actually have greater throughput than a traditional stoplight and the thing is it puts much more work on the shoulders of the small cross-functional team or in this case you know in the example i'm sharing the driver of the car
0: yeah it's worth it because these things outperform you were at the martech conference you talked about kind of a a really practical checklist for somebody looking to implement agile from ground zero what else would you say kind of in your sort of top five or six key things that people should be thinking about obviously we've got executive buy-in but what else would you recommend
1: yeah. So um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you want to f- continue your focus on you know larger enterprises, but it, if we were, I would say that you know it it can be helpful to have a, you know some consulting come in to work with the executive team to not just understand what agile is, but for larger companies in particular to really structure the way that agile will be rolled out or scaled into the organization that is something which um there is a good bit of complexity to it i think that there that is an area where there are less case studies and there's less of kind of a dominant design in the marketplace so i think consulting can play a role likewise i think for larger companies training and certification has an important role in you know for all those Small cross-functional teams of people who are actually close to the work, quickly onboarding them with an agile method and giving them a background in, in Agile is helpful because, you know, it is a new way of working. Behavior change is really hard. Helping them understand the history and the broader context of Agile methods is, is it's just a way of accelerating and increasing the likelihood of success. Following on that, I think selecting a method, and I always recommend that marketers start with a less prescriptive method. So, you know, if you think about Kanban Scrum, they sit on a spectrum of Kanban, less prescriptive, it basically just means less, fewer practices to embrace. Something like XP, right, which is designed for software development teams, much more prescriptive, lots of practices to follow, right? It's too much overhead, way, way too much overhead for marketing teams um, to take on. Even like a web team, which is largely a technical team, um, I recommend start with something like Kanban. Interesting, I think it's just worth noting that Kanban technically comes out of the lean tradition, but there's a convergence that's happening in the marketplace between agile and lean, right? For your listeners, so that they're not confused when I say Kanban, I'm still talking within the domain of what I think of as agile marketing or what is broadly defined as agile marketing. So method selection and starting with a less prescriptive method is, um, I think, very important. You know, I think I recommend that companies don't try and reorganize necessarily out of the gate into small cross-functional teams. I think the superpower of Agile is the small cross-functional team, but a lot of large organizations have pretty calcified organizational silos and asking them to step away from the silos or break up the silos and reorganize to get into Agile and to start getting value from Agile, is just, that's a non-starter to be frank for many organizations. So what I see is that companies oftentimes are setting small cross functional virtual teams up where they're saying, you know, Hey, well, here's the small cross team that these mem the members of that team are part of organizational silos, but we're going to carve out two days a week where they get to be dedicated on a small cross functional team. And that is a good sort of way for, for large companies to start putting their feet in the water, so to speak, and getting some experience in their belt. And what they oftentimes see is that those teams start outrunning their counterparts. And so then you get into the more sort of complicated um, challenge of, okay, now that we've seen the value, how do we start reorganizing to get more teams working in this way? But that's not the initial adoption. That's a little bit further down the path.
0: And once you have that example, right, the internal example where it's – it's not theoretical. It's not another organisation. It's it's a team in house already doing this. It's it's easier to get kind of that adoption.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think um, any marketing leader today is going to be a pretty data driven individual. I would hope, and um, you know, having having an example in, endemic to the company itself, I think, is part of the business case that's going to allow them to advance more quickly. Now, the one thing that I would say is that. This is where I think some of, the, some of the larger consulting companies can come in and can work with executive management to build confidence that the method will work. And, you know, there are a, a handful of enterprises that have taken a more aggressive approach where they, you know, they've committed to small cross-functional teams. They haven't necessarily broken up organizational silos. That That I don't see very commonly. But. I do see what I do see is committing to new teams that maybe didn't exist before that are standalone and that are facing a specific business initiative. They may have to collaborate with the organizational silos and that poses problems of its own. But for net new teams, I often see them able to just go ahead with Agile. And that's where I see sort of more aggressive adoption at the enterprise level.
0: Really helpful. Thank you. So the, I suppose the other the other interesting thing I wanted to chat to you about is um, the most recent Martech landscape, it featured as many as sort of 51 agile and lean management solutions. Are there any specific sort of um, tooling recommendations you would make to help in that process?
1: Well, yeah, I can say a couple of things. So first off, I think it's just worth acknowledging the fact that there's been a proliferation of the tools to support the practice. I mean, that means that there's a lot of unmet needs still in the marketplace that mm-hmm. venture dollars are chasing, right?
0: Yeah, the, the, the agile and, ecosystem is definitely
1: growing. Right. So that's just a validation that there's a there, there, here. And there's something, you know, it, it's real. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily crossed the chasm yet, but we're, we're seeing increasing adoption. We're seeing increasing awareness. And so I think it's just worth acknowledging that. When it comes to specific tools, I mean, I, I could talk at length about what I think is happening in the tool ecosystem, but the, what I will just say is I think the ecosystem is still fairly young, but I see certain things, I see certain kind of maturation things. So for example, there have been some strategic acquisitions and consolidations within the space. Mm-hmm. The Probably the best and biggest example of that is a company like Atlassian purchasing Trello. Right. Yeah. Lasting yes. for a long time has been trying to, you know, their solution is um, developer facing largely. They see the opportunity to make JIRA accessible to the business user. I see a tool like Trello. I'm not a big fan of Trello, but I, I see why Atlassian bought it. You know, it's a it's a very easy tool to get going with in terms of there's not a lot of how can I say this? Like there's not a lot of UX in the way of getting into Trello. It's a very simple tool. Yep. Meanwhile, though, Jira, which is atlassian's, you know, product management tool or development management tool, right? The cloud service, they're stripping down that service from a UX perspective to try and make it more accessible to business users. So I, I actually, as somebody who's managed um, technical teams and business teams, I have had success um, getting everybody in Jira and using Jira together. My, the teams that I've been able to manage at, at Oracle are a little bit exceptional in this regard in the sense that many users, many um, business users will just find Jira that be too much overhead. It's, it's, it's hard to go into a developer tool, especially if you don't have a really experienced Scrum Master or Agile team leader to work with who is going to really support the team. My other sort of favorite tool to use is one called Asana. But there's a lot of other good ones out there. So we've actually interviewed some of the tool providers on our podcast, Marketing Agility Podcast. I think LeanKit is an interesting service. There's yeah, so th- there's a number out there. Th- I'll just leave it at those three think maybe a good place to start exploring. The company that I am joining, called Pantheon, also I would consider them to be in this space. Unlike Jira or Asana, which are generalized project management tools, Pantheon is. Really focused on um, helping marketing teams that are managing their web properties and open source web properties. So they're very focused on WordPress and Drupal, which is you know 35% of the web. Most marketers have WordPress and Drupal sites. If you have those sites, you know that means you've got and you're managing them yourself. That means there's a dev, a dev team, and that team is likely coupled together some version of DevOps to help them get their work done. DevOps is complicated. Pantheon basically just makes DevOps, it gives you DevOps out of the box. So a marketing team can basically do things like automate deployment, automate branch development integration, automate testing, right? Quickly move things from dev stage into production. So it is a facilitator in that domain and, I don't think there's anything else really like it in the marketplace, which is basically why I'm joining the company because I see it as such a powerful tool for really enabling marketers that want to be able to operate in a more agile fashion and that are managing development teams. And that's really where the puck is headed, right? I'm super excited about that.
0: So I've got to ask you, um, so Samuel Scott, he published a piece in The Drum back in July titled Agile Marketing is the Crutch for Those Who Do Not Have a Real Strategy. There was obviously then a rebuttal by Scott Brinker, which I shared both of you, if, but you may have already been in your radar. I'd obviously love to get your perspective.
1: Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things in that piece that I, I think I would take issue with. First off, I would just say I would characterize that whole article as being intentionally provocative. And as a mechanism of of getting attention, I just would caution any reader of that piece to kind of take it with a grain of salt. I mean, he starts off talking about the fact that marketers are, you know, really dissatisfied with their job. I don't actually necessarily agree with that. I think that, you know, marketers are certainly overwhelmed by the amount of technology that's come into their world. And they're certainly looking for ways to establish more credibility with their product management peers who have certainly been elevated within the organization. You know, they are really seen as the stewards of innovation. I think marketers see an opportunity to serve as the stewards of customer experience or, you know, brand. Really today, they already are stewards of the brand. I think they're trying to extend that to being stewards of the customer experience more broadly. You know, I he also says things like you know building brands and deploying software are two very different things. I I just disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think you know the the digital experiences that we are delivering are instrumental in the process of building brand. So I see those two things as actually being really inexplicably linked. So there's just a bunch of provocative statements in there basically that I, I think are untrue. So let's get let's get to your question though, which is about the relationship between strategy and agile.
0: That's the big question. So, yeah, I I, agree. I I think it's I think your your points are very fair. I think some of it is um it's to to draw readers in, but if we stripped it down slightly, is there is there any fair point around agile marketing possibly encouraging a lack of strategy or a too too much of a short termist yeah. view? Yeah.
1: yeah. So so first off, if you look at agile the manifesto or even the agile marketing manifesto, which is an interpretation of that original document, there's not a lot in there about strategy. Okay. I think agile is really adapted for circumstances as a philosophy, as an approach for contexts in which it's very difficult to predict the future. And it deals with that by taking an iterative approach to validated learning, right? It's, You're operating in a domain in which no amount of analysis is going to tell you what is going to work in the future. Instead, we have to try lots of things. And the goal is to try things in a really efficient manner, do more than is absolutely necessary to validate the direction that you're headed in, right? This is sort of going back to that roundabout model, right? Mm -hmm. This is where a lot of the insight comes from the bottom up as these teams discover things. Now, that is not to say that there isn't a role for strategy to play. I think what we need to understand is that agile particularly and this this comes out when you look at the scaling agile frameworks like the large scale scrum framework or the safe model, right? These are these are things that the development community has frameworks the development community has evolved over time to figure out how to get agile to work at scale and how do you get the teams, the small teams that are working at the ground level to stay in alignment with longer-term strategy or vision for the company. So that's not something that's built into Agile itself, but it is something that these scaling frameworks start addressing. And basically, the way that it works is that Agile teams really thrive on immediate input coming from the things that they're working on. The cadence of feedback is very, very quick. And that's what allows them to quickly validate and iterate towards fit. But there are other inputs to the business that are coming at longer cadences. So those could be from customer advisory boards that happen quarterly. Those could be from relationships with analysts that happen on a quarterly basis. They could be from, you know, other kinds of strategic inputs or or market analysis that is only done once or twice a year or quarterly, right? So those inputs need to be integrated with the insights coming from the Agile team. And, you know, there, there are no different processes to help facilitate this. There's the OKR framework, the objective and key results framework, which was popularized at Google, which is about taking, you know, goals and associated measures and then cascading them down into the company. That can be a mechanism to drive alignment between what's happening, it's happening um, at the executive level. So I think agile, it's not about agile on its own. It's about having agile operating in the context of these other practices that allow you, the company, to have a strategy that ties down to the work that the the teams are doing. I think the other thing to kind of recognize is that when we talk about strategy and planning, the goal oftentimes of strategy isn't necessarily to have an absolutely perfectly defined path to the future. It's more about a practice where you think about what are the potential outcomes? How could the larger market evolve over time? And then create a series of associated tactics that will allow the company to accommodate a number of different scenarios. From my perspective, agile and a strategy practice are very complementary. They're, they're just different things.
0: Good. Now, um, I wanted to touch um, a little bit more on Obviously your book shares a lot of the DNA of Scott Brinkers, um, especially his hacking market. Who else do you think I suppose is from the same sort of tribe? What are the books, what are the podcasts, what are the blogs for those that have loved your books, love the stuff from Scott, who else would you recommend is, is, is worth listening, watching, reading?
1: Yeah, I know Scott, well, we have the same publisher and I was, pretty excited to see his book come out. As you say, there is certainly a lot of shared DNA and he's somebody to obviously keep watching. You know, there's some other people that I've worked closely with. One is a guy named Jim Ewell. He's been doing some pretty interesting work. He has a blog of his own. There's a woman named Andrea Freire. She has a small consulting company called Agile Sherpas. They do engagements with companies and help them onboard agile. There's a gentleman, a consulting firm called um, Agile Sparks, named Yuval Uret. He's a some interesting work. He's producing certainly some interesting content. You know, I I think three consultants starting to author some interesting content recently. I think they are still developing their agile transformation practices. I don't know how far along they are in their journey, but certainly some of the content that they've published is, I think, very, very valuable and it's worth, worth tapping into. McKinsey being a good example. BCG has done some interesting stuff. Bain has done some interesting stuff. Deloitte as well. We actually recently did a podcast with Deloitte on the marketing agility podcast that'll go live in the relatively near future. So, yeah, lots of interesting content coming to market.
0: Thank you. And, um, and finally, have you got any other interesting projects in the making?
1: I really see going to Pantheon as kind of, um, for me, kind of hitting two birds with one stone. I mean, I'm excited, obviously, to get back to the startup world and to build a team that can really. We, as an example for other companies, already the marketing function there is already very sophisticated and they've already embraced agile and they're doing great work. I'm really looking forward to engaging with them and helping them extend their practice even further. But the other piece is just, I'm really excited to drive awareness and adoption of the service because I think it will dramatically improve a marketer's ability to operate in an agile fashion, so I think just just having the technology will sort of facilitate this transformation and will will allow agile to get more traction in the marketing community. So I'm really excited about advancing that good bit. I think.
0: And just on that point, just on that one point about joining sort of the the startup life again, it, what and not specific to Oracle, but just in general, what from the sort of corporate life will you not be sad to see left behind? You know, it's going to be a very different, uh, I think,
1: environment. I think most of my time and energy at Oracle was focused on, focused on what I would describe as modernization initiatives, which was about taking a very traditional function and base, basically um, modernizing the technology the marketers were using and then getting them to operate in a different way to take advantage of that technology. So a lot of it was kind of un- untangling legacy systems and bringing them up to current date, I think that that work is very rewarding. And I feel like I was able to make a significant impact at Oracle. But to be honest, I'm even more excited about working with a team that it's not about coming up to the status quo. It's about we've we've got a great practice. Let's really push the envelope of what's possible and demonstrate the incredible value that teams can deliver when they're embracing Agile. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting into this space where we can move much more quickly and we can really fully embrace Agile. You know, what we were doing inside of Oracle was more the enterprise case study where I did have a small cross-functional team, a dedicated small cross-functional team, but we were amidst organizational silos and had to integrate with those organizational silos will be more of a true holistic scenario at Pantheon. So working in that context is gonna be really, really exciting.
0: It sounds like it. Fantastic. Um, Roland, thank you so much for your time. I massively, massively appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. um, And I'm sure our listeners will feel exactly the same. For anybody that doesn't already have a copy of the Agile Marketer, you should pick one up. It's absolutely fantastic. And Roland, just one final thing. If ever we can help with anything you're doing at all, you need only ask. I'd love to support with anything you're doing. Um, Really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Enjoyed the conversation.
0: Fantastic. Take care. Thank you.